Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. As entrepreneurs, it is so easy to fall into the trap of trying to do it all ourselves. We're so passionate about our business, we want to ensure that every detail is handled with care and done in the right way. But this mindset, this thought process can quickly lead to burnout and overwhelm and lack of time. And I know that for many of you listening, you've been there or you're facing that right now. You're in that transition of trying to break free from a cycle of overwork to reclaim your time. So today we are tackling the big topic of mastering delegation to overcome that cycle of overworking in your business. I'm going to share with you the seven steps that you need to go through to master the art of delegation. Now, I know that some people may not think that the topic of delegation is particularly sexy, but you'll find that if you speak to the CEOs, the entrepreneurs, the leaders, the people who have gotten this right, who have actually mastered the art of delegation, they think it's pretty sexy. It's not easy and it's a process and it's not a process that comes naturally to many entrepreneurs. It's hard to let go. It's hard to trust people. It's really common to think that you're delegating well, but actually you might be delegating in a way that's really vague or insufficient. I also see lots of my clients delegate the wrong tasks. So things that don't really matter, don't really add value or things that are too big or too much sitting in their zone of genius and therefore too hard to delegate and shouldn't be delegated. So then when you look at what you're paying the person to do the thing, it often doesn't feel worth it. So a really common thought that I see happening in so many of my clients, you know, when they're facing one of those situations is I'd be better off doing this myself or, you know, I can do this better than this person and getting stuck in that thought trap. So what we're going to do is talk about the steps that you need to work through to master your delegation so it results in you working less, so that you finally break free from that cycle of overwork that I know that so many of you are caught in. So let's dive into that now. The first thing that we need to start with is looking in the mirror and identifying what is your zone of genius. What are the tasks in your business that only you can do? What are the things that fit within your unique skill, your unique experience, your big vision for the business that truly only you can do? Now, note, I'm not saying what you can do. I'm saying what only you can do. That's your starting point for delegating well, for mastering delegation within your business. 
So for me, I'm the only person in my business who can do sales calls. I'm the only person in my business who can do client delivery, who can coach my clients. I'm the only person who can record live training videos, who can create templates, who can build collaborative relationships with other people, who can speak at conferences, who can dance on reels. Sadly, but true, just me. But everything else, all the other things that it takes to run my business can be done by someone else. So the first step when it comes to mastering delegation is getting clear on your unique zone of genius, your unique set of skills, your unique experience that is the powerful part of your business. I have a question that I offer to my clients is just because you can, should you? And that's not a ask it once and don't ask it again question. That's a let's regularly ask this. Just because you can, should you? The things that you should be doing in the early days of your business is very different to the things that you should or shouldn't be doing as your business evolves beyond those foundational stages and when you start to sort of grow beyond that mark and you're trying to grow and trying to scale. Because when you have this list of things that only you can do, when you have clarity on this, then everything else becomes potentially delegatable. And it doesn't mean that you immediately go and spend all the money delegating all the things straight away, but you know with absolute clarity what you aren't going to delegate. So that is your starting point. And then next, you identify, well, what skill, what knowledge, or what previous experience would somebody need to be able to do the things that are sitting on that list of things that fall outside of your zone of genius? So, you know, you've got this list of things that only you can do, and then you've hopefully got a much longer list of all the things that somebody else could potentially do. And you need to look at them and think, well, is there a specific skill required there? Is there a specific previous experience to be able to to do that? Or could I train somebody? Do they need to have some sort of knowledge of the industry, et cetera, to be able to do this? What can I train? What can I show? And what does somebody need to already know? And then you look around you at your team and assess your team's strengths, their skills, their capabilities, and you ask the question, well, who around me could take on some of these tasks? And you'll either identify a person who's got the right skill and the right knowledge or the ability to learn and be trained in it, or you'll identify a hiring gap. Now you know what only you can do, and now you know what you're going to get somebody else to do. It's time to set and define really clear expectations. So getting specific here is everything, and this is where it often goes wrong. So the specificity that I'm talking about is what do you want done, why is it important, and when does it need to be completed? And again, looking at that, well, what training or guidance or check-ins is required here to make sure it's effective and sufficient? Now, note, I didn't say to make sure it's perfect or as good as the way you used to do it. That's the key thing I want you to hear here is specific details about what you want done, why it's important, when it needs to be done, and what training or review process is needed to make sure this is done to a level that is sufficient. So delegation masters, people who've mastered the art of delegating are not shooting for perfect because that's impossible. And if you focus on perfection, you're going to struggle to master. This is a concept and a process within your business. 
Step four is to set up an accountability system and an accountability loop. So what this means is setting up a system to track somebody's progress. So the person that you've delegated to, we need to track their progress, monitor deadlines, and ultimately ensure that everybody is doing the work in the way it needs to be done. And ideally, this accountability system is automated as much as possible or summarized in a way that it allows you to get a quick snapshot without having to spend a lot of time to check in on everybody or check the detail of what's been done. And this is often where you'll hear the language of KPIs or goals, something that can be measured coming in. And perhaps it's a KPI that can be tracked. Perhaps it's having a daily huddle and talking about what the deadlines and the priorities are for that day. Perhaps it's a daily or a weekly report being produced and sent to you. Perhaps it's a dashboard being created within your sales system or your CRM system or somewhere else so that you can jump in at any time and get a snapshot of what you've delegated and what's being done by when so you get comfort that deadlines are being met. Perhaps it's you occasionally doing an audit or a spot check to look at the way something's being done. That's the accountability system. So how will you know that deadlines are being met? What is your review point? What's the system around making sure that the business keeps turning, the things keep getting done, even though it's not you doing them anymore? That's the accountability system. And the accountability loop is where that system is monitored and discussed with the person and there are consequences if the clear expectations aren't happening. So this accountability loop is monitoring. If you imagine it as a circle, it's monitoring, discussing, addressing, and you know that sort of circular, monitoring, discussing, addressing, monitoring, discussing, addressing, round and round we go. That's key to making sure that everything keeps going without you doing the things. So let's check what we've talked about. Let's let's summarize it really quickly. Step one, we talked about getting clear on your zone of genius. Step two is thinking about, well, what skills and experience or knowledge is needed to be able to do these things that sit outside my zone of genius and looking around and thinking, well, is there someone on the team who can do that or be trained in that? Or do we have a hiring gap? Step three is setting really clear expectations, what you want done, why it's important, when it needs to be done by. And step four was setting up the accountability system and the accountability loop. The next step is a tricky one, and it is to trust. You need to empower your team to be able to make decisions and to work within their zone of responsibility. If you truly want people to take ownership, to be proactive, to run with things, to really feel like they care about your business, then you need to give them ownership and responsibility over what you're asking them to do. And that means they need to know, well, where can they make decisions? Where can they not make decisions? What authority do they have and what authority don't they have? And if that's not clear enough to them, and you might realize that after you've delegated, you know, in the in the next couple of weeks or months through things coming up, if that's not clear enough to them, then you need to revisit those expectations. Because once you're clear on what authority they do and don't have, and once they're clear on what authority and responsibility they do and don't have, then they can run with it. But if they're not clear, 
And by the way, you can't choose that they have no authority and they can't make any decisions because what you're basically saying to them is, I don't want you to think for yourself. I don't want you to try, just come and bounce everything back to me. And that's the opposite of empowering a team and getting your time back because mastering delegation is actually empowering the people around you with responsibility, with decision-making authority, with clarity of where their boundaries and lines and authority starts and stops so that they can actually be autonomous and run with things. So trust is the foundation to effective delegation. And trust comes from clarity of where someone's responsibility starts and stops and where somebody's authority starts and stops. In other words, you know, you can issue refund requests up to $1,000, but if it goes over that, it needs to be checked with me. Or you can issue refund policies following our process without any questions. So that's an example of giving over authority and making responsibility really clear to someone and empowering them to run with it. Okay, so we're up to step six. So now that we're trusting our team, we need to let go. And of course, this can be really, really challenging. And this is really challenging for most people. It's not natural and letting go needs to be learnt. As entrepreneurs, we're used to being in control. And I know that you're all highly capable people who have done so much to get to this point and you've worked so hard and you've made so many epic decisions and, you know, done the hard yards. And I know that a lot of the success that you have enjoyed and where you're sitting is because of that control you've been in combined with that willingness and hard work and capability. I get it. But learning to trust your team and learning to delegate to people with confidence and learning to actually let go and let them run with things and produce them and focus on outcomes being sufficient rather than perfect, this is what will truly empower your team to run with and look after parts of the business so that you get your time back and you get to focus on the important stuff, the things that sit in your zone or really require your thinking power. And it's usually those things that you should be doing in inverted commas. And, you know, once you've let go of the things that you no longer need to be doing, when you're focusing on the things that actually deserve your time and attention, that's where the growth and the revenue and the true profit, you know, the new strategies, the new products, the better client delivery, et cetera, all comes in. So finally, step seven is thinking of delegation as an ongoing thing, as opposed to a one-time task. It's not a set and forget. If you thought that you could hire someone, set expectations, hand it over and leave it at that, then you shouldn't be hiring a team because that's not the way it works. You're not going to get it 100% right from the outset. Even my clients who I work really closely with, we're not going to set 100% perfect clear expectations from the outset. Sure, we might get 85 to 90% and we really position that person for success and we maximize the, the likely return on investment as fast as possible from the person. But what we've delegated, the way we've delegated, always needs to be tweaked and improved. It's a continuous thing. You're not going to get it 100% right from the outset. So you need to sort of be willing to review and adjust your delegation strategies and your methods based on what you're learning and seeing and the feedback you're getting along the way. So it's not a one-way street. It's definitely a two-sided thing. 
you know, you'll find, and you probably already experienced this, you'll find that you face situations where you think, oh, I thought I could just record a Loom video and someone would be able to just watch it and run with it and get the same outcome I was looking for. Oh, they can't. There's more to it than I realized. Or, oh, they're lacking that bit of information or that knowledge. Or, wow, I totally underestimated, you know, how well I knew how to do that. I often see as well, like part of this, like continuous improvement is thinking, well, I thought I was really clear with expectations, but then this happened or that didn't happen. And when I got curious and had a conversation with the person and really peeled back some layers, we realized, ah, we need to change or improve this. And this was the piece that was missing. So not delegating effectively is hands down the biggest challenge that I see entrepreneurs in that multiple six through to multiple seven figure level really struggling with. And it's not something you can outsource. It's not like you just hire in a project manager at OBM and just, and they do all the things for you. And if they're promising that, I promise it's not quite as rosy as that promise. It's something that you as the leader will need to be involved in and work on to be able to truly grow your business. Growth for you might be growing your profit. It may not even be chasing those big revenue numbers because no doubt your profit margins are starting to shrink as you're hiring in more people to work with you. Because if you don't delegate to the people that you are hiring in really well and master that productivity loop and to really get them working like a well-oiled machine, then all you're doing is shrinking your profit margin, which naturally leads to that question, well, is this worth it? Should I just go back to doing it myself? So when you can really master the process of delegating well, of going through these steps and asking, what should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? Who else can do this? What skills or training do they need? What's the accountability system we can put in place, et cetera, et cetera. Once you master that, it will free up your time, it will reduce your stress levels, and your business will start to, most importantly, evolve to one that is less centric around you. And it'll start to feel and be like this thing that can keep going beyond you. So I encourage you all to work on this. Let's make mastering delegation sexy in 2024. Maybe we should start a hashtag. What do you think? No, I'm just kidding. Most importantly, the reason I want you to choose to focus on this this year is because I want you all to live a beautiful, spacious life where you can thrive personally as well as, you know, thriving in your business. Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to learn a little bit more from me about delegation, I've actually got a course with a whole module on mastering delegation. It's called The Art of Delegation. So the short course is called Fundamentals of Leadership, and one of the modules within that is Mastering the Art of Delegation. So you can go and check that out. That course is only 147 Australian dollars, but for all of you who I love dearly for listening every single week. I've got a discount code where you can get it for only $97 if you type in podcast. So I'll pop that discount code below, but you just type in podcast at the checkout and you'll get the discount off down to $97. So dive in, check that out if that's of interest. It's under the self-study section of my website under the work with me tab. And I'll also put a link below. Okay. I'll be back next week. Until then, keep delegating, keep clarifying, Keep being curious rather than furious. And I hope you truly thrive in your business and your life this week. See you next week. 